We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey everyone, Dana Matai here with HerHoopStats.com. Coming at you with another episode of Her Hoop Chats, where we talk to some awesome people in the world of women's basketball. Uh, this week, Gabe Ibrahim stepped in, helped out as a co-host as we interviewed head coach of UT Arlington, the Lady Mavs, uh, Sharika Wright. Awesome player from high school to Purdue to the WNBA and almost led UT Arlington to a crazy upset of Iowa State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, awesome talk with her. She's incredible. Incredible basketball mind. Uh, really cool thoughts on the transfer portal. I really hope you all enjoy the episode and uh, got some awesome things coming. Enjoy. So everybody listening, uh, it's Thursday, March 24th. Uh, we are blessed to be joined by the head coach of UT Arlington, the Lady Mavs, uh, Coach Sharika Wright. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Sharika Wright was an absolute baller in her playing <laughs> days uh, from the legendary Coppers Cove, Texas. Uh, I'm a Texan myself. I was uh, mm-hmm. born and raised in Houston. Uh, never got to play Coppers Cove, probably because I didn't make it far enough in the playoffs like you did. Uh, 3,000 points score in high school. Uh, Multiple National Player of the Year, Gatorade, USA Today, Rawlings. Uh, you got a crazy record of 118 and 10, inducted into Texas High School uh, Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, so you you were already a huge name. Go to Purdue, three-time All-American, hold so many records, uh, most outstanding player awards, uh, all-tournament team as a freshman, uh, made to the national championship game as a freshman, uh, starting leading your team in scoring, uh, it's easy to see with that fearless attitude of a player uh, how your team kind of really embraced that from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, right, when you hear this all the time, the team takes on the personality of your head coach, right? And I, I truly, truly believe that, um, you know, it's something that I've learned 
know, obviously playing for Christy Curry at Purdue and then her giving me the opportunity to be an assistant coach under her for 12 years and then playing or coaching under Stephanie White, who obviously, you know, is a all-time legend, you know, in Indiana you know, and obviously All-American at Purdue and obviously what she did with the Indiana Fever. So I had a lot of great mentors to learn from. Um, not even to mention some of the other ones, uh, Katrina Merriweather, who is at, you know, Memphis now. So a lot of people to learn from, but I, I thought our kids really excelled this year. It was what all I envisioned because I knew I had a really, really good team. I had great pieces, and especially at this level, at the mid level, you know, we had great size across the board. And so I think that that is what gave us the ability to be able to play with some really, really good teams. Um, we just didn't have enough because, you know, injuries happen, right? And, you know, eventually at some point, right, the ball has got to bounce away with the teams miss shots or miss free throws, right? That's what we was hoping against Iowa State kind of happened that some of those threes didn't go in because I thought we played them tip for tap. And I knew, I mean, I didn't think we would get out to a double digit lead against uh -huh. them. But man, you know, I didn't know it was going to hold on as long, but, you know, but we were, we were right there we didn't fold. And so, you know, I, I, I was just so, so excited that we had the opportunity to display and put this team on, uh, on that court for everybody to be able to see them. Yeah, it was awesome to watch. I remember being on Twitter earlier in the day and uh, Sydney Colson reveals her bracket and shows y'all winning uh, in the first round. And she's like, I know the coach and, you know, Sure enough, everyone is getting shocked when you jump out to that huge lead. And, I mean, you led for 35 minutes of the game. But uh, to speak on coming into a program, uh, it's your second year. But as everyone knows, you know, the first year uh, was basically 2020 for you. So coming into a program with COVID, with protocols, uh, what was that like going through everything that, I mean, there's no playbook for it, you know? No, it, it's not. Um, I tell you. Uh, when I first got on campus, the main thing that I really wanted to do was get to know the players and let them speak to me and tell me what it was they needed from me. I knew it because, again, we we were so heavy. We had no freshmen my first year here, none. And that never really ever happens. And so, so me, I'm, you know, I'm smiling ear to ear. Like, you know, you don't have freshmen. So they're all upperclassmen. They're juniors and seniors. That's all I had on my first year roster of here coaching. And so um, took my time, took my time to really get to know them, to uh, see what really they were passionate about, what their goals were for basketball, for life, for academics. Um, I let them talk. And um, I thought it was really, really good. Took time to get to know them. Didn't push on them a lot. Didn't, didn't pressure them on a lot of different things. But then COVID, right, we had to deal with that. And we had so many different stoppages that I, I was really, really concerned about because you're talking about the mental piece of it and then trying to get back in the gym and compete at a high level. And I think we stopped about three or four times um, and lost some key players. But with that, you know, I thought we managed it all to be able to go into conference play, compete and finish second in our division um, behind Lafayette that we only got a chance to play once. And so there was a lot of growth. But I remember when we lost um, in that Sunbelt Championship to App State in that first game, you know, I just talked to them about they needed to remember this, but I told them we needed to be tougher um, and understanding these experiences have to teach us to be better from it. When I left there, I said I need to add some other pieces. We had great veteran leadership. I knew what we had coming back. 
I needed to add another dynamic piece that was going to help us get over the, uh, the hump there. So I knew what freshmen, we had freshmen coming in, you know, as freshmen, right? We know, but I needed to really dive into the portal, which I know we'll talk about too as well. The portal was so critical to be able to get over that hump. And um, um, I end up signing Star Jacobs, um, who, you know, at the time, the recruiting process was quiet for, you know, we didn't know whether or not she was going to still be available. My assistant coach, Rosalind Tindall, was like, you know, Reek, we got to get in here and try to get this kid. And so I'm talking to her, trying to find out what she wants to do. I really want to stay home, coach. This is a great fit for you. You know, the kid busts her tail to, you know, graduate from Temple Junior College to get here on campus to be here for summer, too. Um, and then Deja Benjamin, who I, you know, recruited when I was at Alabama, you know, went to the portal and she told me no at first. I was kind of shocked and my feelings were hurt that I was like, man, you know, we, we, we're not close like that. And we really tried to talk to her about the opportunity to come somewhere to, you know, again, have established a name to reestablish yourself. That's kind of the words I've been kind of using in the portal is, is that you already know you can hoop, right? We know this. This is to reestablish yourself, to get somewhere to, you know, accomplish the things that you need to accomplish and have a, a coach, a mentor, a leader to help you get to that part. So with that, did I, you know, think that this was going to take off like this? No. But I'm going to tell you, when I watched Star play the first time in the scrimmage, I was like, my goodness gracious, I never noticed how athletic this kid was to go along with the Katie Farrells and Terry Milton's and Claire Chastain that were skilled in just experience and in Deja Benjamin to come in with power five experience. Like this was already setting up to be really good to have a bench who had experience. So um, navigated through that very well. It was tough, but I really, really thought and looked at myself and said, be who I am, take the experiences that I've learned as an assistant and an associate head coach and do the things that I feel is right. Don't do it like how everybody else does it. Do it the way that I need to do it here for UTA to be successful. And those kids bought into it. And, and, and eventually it led to us having success that we had this year. And that success was a conference championship in the tournament. And, you know, almost knocking off uh, a team that's in the Sweet 16 right now. Yes. We'd love to yes. see it. Oh, absolutely. We wanted to see it. And, and like, listen, and just imagine like, right, the domino effects that we were seeing the next day, right? How competitive the 14 seeds were to, with the three seeds. Not even just that, but you just saw a lot of mid-majors competing at a high level, right? Against, you know, obviously these power fives or these high-seeded teams that right, earned their right to get to that. So, for us in women's basketball, right, that should be something that we're excited about. The parity is finally coming, you know, right, to where these kids, you know, these, these student athletes are going to the portal. They're finding the right fit for them, and they're not afraid to take that chance and go to a mid-major. So I, I, I do want to get back to something you just said, and, and that was, I think you kind of answered my question, but, like, you, you're pitching to these transfers, right, reestablish yourself. Like, come here, and you're going to get better as a player. How do you make sure they invest in the program once they're there, right? Because, like, if I'm, if I'm a kid and someone's telling me, hey, you can come here and reestablish yourself, it's like, well, I'm going to go there for a year and then, you know, hop out to, to whatever my next goal is. So how do you get them to come in and really invest in what you guys are doing as a, as a program, not just in their skill development, which is obviously important, but the team has to be paramount? Right. It's just, you know, you flip it back on them, right? I invest in them. What, what is important mm -hmm. to you? 
I think a lot of times, right, we as coaches say, hey, you got to come in. This is my culture. You do it this way or you won't be here. Well, we they know that, right? They, they know there's a reason why either they wanted more playing time. It wasn't a fit. It is, I'm homesick. They know all these things, but reinvest in them. Okay, tell me exactly mm-hmm. what it is that you want. You know, Star Jacobs, I use her again, because, right, because that's really the kid that has really established herself, right, to, mm-hmm. hey, this is who I am, and I'm in a perfect position that I can, I'm a power five talent, but I chose to go somewhere because this is what I needed. I needed this from this program, from this institution, from this coaching staff. And what she needed was, is that she needed to get somewhere that somebody was going to hold her accountable, right? That was going to take time to invest in her to find out who she really was. That was really it. That was really, really it. Because the kid is a, a, is a competitor. She's a competitor, right? She just needed to get somewhere to where she was going to get challenged and not be afraid for anybody to challenge her on and say, hey, listen, no, you're wrong. Hey, you're right. I hear you. Tell me what you need. I may not give it to you, right? But tell me, I let her have a voice. I let my players have voices. And it's important, right? It is important to tell me, okay, coach, this is kind of how I'm feeling today. Can we go and do it this way? I see that, right? Because I was a student athlete. I get it. But now in this day and age, right, it's, it's a completely different student athlete. It's a completely different player, right? They're not like how when I played in 2000. They're not how they were with Shamika Holtz called play, right? We use those examples, right? The era of the student athletes are changing. So we do. We don't change how we are as people, right? But we adapt to the culture and we adapt to the players to make sure that they get the best experience but until we can get the most out of them. Some we help, some we don't. That's why that portal is there. And I think for me, the portal is okay. Some of them want other things. I don't, I don't knock the portal. I really, really try to make sure that I help that, that student athlete when they're here to make the most of their situation. They choose they want to go into the portal. They have their reasons for them. I do not knock them. And I tell them they, they can always reach out to me. They need help from me. Because so I get it. I understand it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of negative energy sometimes. Uh, like talking about the portal, I think I saw there was like 600 uh, mm-hmm. Division one women's players in the portal right now, uh, yeah. so I mean, it seems like everything you're saying it's it's you know great for you know mid majors, great for uh, the players themselves to to find the right situation for them. Right, absolutely, but don't you know? But they also got to do the research, right? Too understand if you choose to go into that portal, you may not end up where you want to be. Yeah. Right. That that is it's a twofold piece of it. You you got to know why you're going in that portal and you got to also understand that you could potentially right end up somewhere that's not where you want to be. Right. If a kid is going from a power five and wants to end up at a power five again, that may not be that roster spot for you there. Yeah. Right. Because, again, you know, who's who's losing out on this. Right. You got high school student athletes that are coming out who are just as talented. Right. That they want to put in their program. But there also may be power fives that know that. Or mid-majors know, I got pieces. I just need to plug in certain kids because I want to do this because they got two years to do it all. So it is, it's twofold. So you got to do your research and understand that you're okay going into that portal because you know leaving this institution is not the right fit for you for your personal reasons. Or for that that coach is telling you that, hey, listen, right? It's nothing wrong with saying, hey, listen, I want you to be successful, but you're not going to be successful here. 
And it's okay to say that. I think a lot of times that people, we, we get knocked for that. Yeah. We're just being honest. <laughs> You're being honest. And this is just not that fit. I know you want to play it. And I think that where I see you at, I don't see you involved in that piece. And I don't want you to be miserable. And it causes conflict within the team within with between me and you because that's ultimately not what I want to do but I want to be honest and so you know I just learned you know hey this this is just the way it is I mean it's no different if for us as coaches right we don't get the job done yeah we get fired yeah so you know I, I get it so I think that that's a big piece of it um how do you how do you deal with the dynamic though like you mentioned like if high school kids getting recruited to these programs and then you know suddenly someone shows up and they're further down the depth chart so how have you dealt with in your recruiting, um, you know, just making sure that people understand that dynamics can change and the roster construction changes? Like, how do you keep people mentally involved if they've been recruited and now there's someone over them? Well, I think, you know, what we do on our recruiting visits when they come on their visits, now obviously COVID year was different, right? We're doing the Zooms to try to recruit, you know, an individual and their families. Um, we, we do a, a depth chart. We put that depth chart up there so they can see by position. I don't lie. I see by position and I tell them, but I, I like to recruit versatile players because again, that's the way the game is going, right? You may be recruited to be able to be a point guard, but if you have the size, you know, and the ability to shoot the ball. You can, we can swing you, right? We can swing you to play different positions. I'm just honest. Um, and I tell them this all the time, you know, as a freshman, you compete, you show me you get in the gym, you show me you're locked into it, I, I, I'm going to play you, right? Because ultimately, you look at the teams that are being successful right now, they got about nine or 10 deep that they can go into late in the run with that. But, you know, at the same time, if you're not, if you're afraid of competing, you're afraid of, you know, you're being uncomfortable, I'm, I'm just honest with them. And, um, and I listen, I play as a freshman, and I was playing with the likes of Katie Douglas, who was the All-American, and I know I, like, I didn't have to wait my turn. I just knew every day I was going to get challenged. And Kelly Kamara, who's at Marquette, like, right, those players were they're already there. They won a national championship. I didn't care. All I knew is that my mentality was that I'm going to respect them. I was going to compete. And that's all I think that is really is about. And sometimes you may compete, but you just have to wait your turn. And how many of those freshmen are waiting their turn, right, like how it used to be? You just waited your turn. You had freshmen that, that, you know, players who didn't play until their junior year. And I know it's not the same that way right now because you got the portal. But I think the ones that understand that, right, continue to have success. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's why we've had success here because the Terrence, the Katie Farrells, the Claire Chastains, they waited. But they also got a chance to learn. They stayed in the system. And they also helped with those freshmen and say, hey, listen, they can tell those stories. I didn't play my freshman year, but I waited my turn. I was competitive. I was locked into that. So I think you have to use your, your upperclassmen as well too. When you don't have that, that's where your assistant coaches come in. And that's that play of that, that put that relationship with the player to coach. I have those conversations as well too, but those assistants are so vital. And as I know, cause that's why I was a damn good assistant because I got that. Piece. And, um, and I spent that time of developing those relationships to where, you know, they got it and they, and it, they understood, but all of them didn't do it. But for the majority of the time, I knew that that was my responsibility was part of that. You, you touched on it a bit earlier, but with recruiting in regards to the transfer portal, how important is it to maintain those relationships? Even if, you know, you're recruiting a player so hard and they don't commit to you, they go somewhere else. Uh, I feel like now it's, it's a whole different ball game. 
it's important. It, it's absolutely important, right? Again, it, it is, again, Deja Benjamin, right? Recruited her. She did commit to us, right? I left to take a, a different position to grow as an assistant. It's important because, right, those kids pop up in the portal. So when you do call them again, coach, I do remember you. And I yeah. do remember we had great conversations. You wasn't disrespectful. You understood, right? We've been told. We get told no all the time. We get told no all the time. But, you know, it's always that lasting impression. I always tell our kids that you get a first time, you get a lasting impression. And um, and I always say, hey, listen, I always wish you the best. Now, you, my number won't change. Wherever I go, my number's not changing. So, just know when you see this number pop up, you know, don't take that out of your phone. I don't take numbers out of my phone either. I keep them because, you know, eventually, you know, you hopefully if that kid goes in the portal, you can absolutely call them. But, you know, it may not always go that way either, right? Because they could be looking for something else too. So you can call them and say, hey, coach, really, I do. And I enjoyed you in the process, but I just want to either get closer to home or I just feel like this is a better place for me to go because this is who I want to play with. Totally. Now, with regards to, you know, Summit basically now is history for UTA. You're moving to the WAC Conference. Uh, so the WAC Conference will have three teams that were in the tournament last year with Incarnate Word also moving over there. Uh, how do you feel about the, the new competition level? And then, you know, you're, you've got a lot of adjustments to make just uh, with travel and then learning team personnel. Uh, it's going to be a lot of work on, I'm sure, your assistants and yourself and uh and all the prep work. So how do you feel about the new level of competition? Well, listen, I, I, I think that it's always a positive, right, when you move into a new conference because it opens up other areas of recruiting for you. And so every time, you know, we went to a new conference, when I started at Texas Tech, right, you knew the areas that you could recruit. And I may have wanted to recruit Georgia a lot, but I couldn't, you know, because, you know, Texas Tech, you know, right, that's another land in itself, right, in Lubbock. It's just, it's different. But when you go to Alabama, right, now those areas that you want to recruit it, you could you couldn't do it before you can do it now because you're right there. Same thing with Vanderbilt. You know, I really wanted to get into Florida, but I couldn't as much. But now you can kind of recruit those. I love the fact because now, right, we get to recruit a little bit more of the West Coast a little bit. You have a lot of travel partners within the WAC compared to what we didn't really have in the Sun Belt. We just had us in Texas State. So, you know, we're having to go to Louisiana and um, into uh, Arkansas and Georgia. You know, we're having to travel far east. Now you've got travel partners, right, with Incarnate Word and having uh, Stephen F. and Lamar and Sam, like all those people in, in your state. In Grand Canyon, right, tap into your Arizona pieces of a little bit, right? You can go into their California. You know, we always talk about there's so much talent in California that a lot of those players don't stay. We actually have a, a, a student athlete that's on our roster from California. You know, I recruited her sister. So you build all these connections. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that it is is new. Um, it's it's um, a situation where right? you talked about you have two teams that, you know, that showed or got into postseason and, and you want to be able to compete against that, knowing that they've had that, you know, that, you know, that taste of it. It's exciting, right? Because Definitely. now when we start to talk about the whack and we get closer to the season, you're talking about UTA who got to the tournament and Incarnate Word is Stephen F. But you also have, play, you know, teams that were in NIT, right? Grand Canyon, those teams like that, that have had postseason experience. It makes it exciting when you're getting ready to go into conference play, right? These teams with this experience, how do they look? You know, can you potentially get to a two-bid, you know, league to where, 
you know, you can compete and I just have one team in there. I think that's eventually that point that you hopefully that you can get to where obviously the Missouri Valley or Missouri State, you know, obviously those teams got a chance to do that because Missouri State has been very good, right? They've been very good for the last couple of years. And so that's why I hope that we could eventually get to. And coach, could you explain to, to me just like why it matters so much to, to be going to a player, you know, going to California, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, when I was growing up, it was a big deal because you get to be on TV there. Well, now it kind of feels like everything is national, quote unquote national, if you have like ESPN plus or where if it's on TV. So if the T, if the games are on national TV, um, why, why does it matter so much to go to where a player is if you're trying to recruit them from like a functional process? Are you like visiting them while you're playing the team? No, I think it's just more so like, right, the fans get a chance to see you, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, if a kid can't make it down to see you, right, they just can't afford it. Like, it's not that time to take an official, they can't take an unofficial visit to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you call them, they're like, UT Arlington, right? Where is that? You know, a lot of people didn't know where that is, like UT Arlington. So, one of the things, it's funny, I'm going to go back to this, I made sure that our, our Dobo, when we were on the road, it said UT Arlington. And it didn't say Lady Mass because you didn't know, right? Lady Mass, you know you're at home. So people know who you are. I said, make sure you please put UT Arlington on there so we <laughs> know who, who they're looking for. But I think it's fans. I think it's a style of play. Um, players get to see how you interact with your team, right? Because they could be sitting there watching you and they're like, man, you know, I love how that coach is interacting. I love how passionate that coach is because you probably don't get the same feel on TV, right? You still probably get it. You may get snapshots. You may get me yelling at one point, but that's truly mm-hmm. not how I am. But then you may catch me and I'm smiling in the next sense, right? But then you get to kind of see how I, you know, again, may put or just console a player that needs that. Or mm-hmm. it may be a situation you see my assistants being able to bring them to a side or you see our players, how they cheer they and they cheer for their teammates. It's a lot of dynamics to that in recruiting that a player may be seeing that she may say, Hey, no, I really, really like how, how coach Reed goes and and she handles her team. It's different than what I may see from this other coach that may be recruiting me. And so the same thing I pay attention to, right. When I'm watching that student athlete, how is she interacting with her coach? Is she coachable? Because I, I know this type of kids I can and can't coach. You know, not, you don't always have to look at me, right? Everybody's like, look at me. And now when I need you to look at me, I'm going to tell you. But I think it's this different dynamics of ways that I think that helps in recruiting because there may be a kid that was never on my radar that, right, from a, a, a town in California that I've never even seen. But then she sends me a video where I saw you and I'm like, man, this kid is a hidden talent, right? Because at this level, you do have to find some of those. you got to find some hidden talent. So I think that's why I think it's important to, to be able to do that because they don't get to just see you on TV. They get to see you in person. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for some of the matchups. I mean, I'm, I'm already, like, just imagining mm-hmm. y'all against California Baptist. Maybe the games get to, like, 200 points. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I can't do that. I'm telling you. <laughs> but uh, – the team next year, I, I don't know how things are shaking out with, uh, you know, seniors taking their COVID year or not. Uh, but what are you looking forward to most uh, as far as like the personnel, you know, you have coming back and some of the freshmen you have coming in and maybe some transfers. Yeah, I think for me, one thing that I get excited about is, is that it's the off season and the planning of the off season um, just to be able to orchestrate what that looks like. 
Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I did with our team was is that, you know, gave them the week off and uh, next week from Monday and Tuesday, I'm doing not exit meetings, but debriefing meetings. And, you know, in that meet those meetings, right, it is, hey, where are you? Where do you see yourself at right now? I need to know this. Or, hey, we, we, we got some things to discuss before we head into workouts. Because I do think it's important before your players head into off-season workouts. What, what are you taking into that? You know, exit meetings are when we won't see them for a while. I just think that it is, hey, this season's over with. What did you learn about yourself? And they should be able to tell you that. They should be able to say, hey, listen, coach, I really didn't like sitting on the bench. I didn't like that. Or coach, I really, really need to develop this to take this next level. Coach, I, I, you know, maybe, you know, I want to move to this position and play a little bit more here. So that's what you kind of get to look at. You also get to find out from your seniors, right? I really, really love the experience. And I feel like we can take this another notch. Perfect example, right, South Dakota. Look, those players all decide to come back and look what they are doing. A sweet 16 birth, um, just more experience. So, you know, I'm hoping to hear some of those conversations that they want more of that. It's having those type of meetings, then going to the final four and being better. Um, for me, as a head coach, to be better than I was in year two and then in year one, um, my assistants to get better. Um, you know, I've talked about Tim with them already. How do we develop them? How does Star Jacobs get better, right, from that one year? Because now that everybody knows her, right, they're going to take away those things. How do we develop her? How do we develop these freshmen that are going from freshman to sophomore that may that did not get that experience, that time on that floor? Because I think time is, is critical. How do they develop? Knowing we can't get it over time. And then these freshmen that come in before they come in here, how do we help them be prepared? Not ready, prepared, right? So they know they're working in. Because we can kind of tell them, hey, right now, listen, this is what you got to focus on. You need a basis. I don't want them getting here. We got to try to figure that out right now. So you just learn to be better, right, and a step ahead. And so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And, um, like, I'm just hungry. You know, I posted that. You know, yeah. it's a process, right? I'm just hungry. I'm just ready, you know, again, to be better. Each year to be better. And, um and not settle, not be okay with that. I just want to be hungry. I want to, I'm hungry and I just want to be better. Love to hear it. Uh, so we know we got to wrap up here soon. Uh, Coach, I assume you're watching uh, the <laughs> Wrestling NCAA tournament. So uh, yes. Gabe and I would love to know your final four picks. Oh, gosh. You know, put me on the spot here. You know, I, I, I'm going to say South Carolina. Yeah. Um, just because, again, the size, the experience. I mean, obviously, Leah Boston has proven why she is the best center in the country, so I'm going to put her there. I love Stanford's versatility. I'm going to say Stanford. Um, gosh, you know, I want to send her. I want South Dakota. I just want to I wanna see it, you know, from that standpoint of it all. And, uh, man, I'm trying to think here. Who else do I want to see? Uh, I think in that we're, we're missing Bridgeport. Bridgeport, yeah. That's, that's UConn, right? Is that NC my, State. NC State. Notre Dame. Indiana. <sighs> Indiana. Oh, it's tough. <laughs> I love what Westmore's doing. I also love what Niela's done in this year of just kind of turning this around because mm-hmm. she's got great young talent with, you know, Olivia Miles and um, – you know, I, just, I think she's the that point guard of the future that you oh, just talked about. The incredible. versatility. Oh. oh my God. And just, 
you want excitement, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's hard between me and, and Westmore at NC State. You know, yeah. I, I think that, you know, you want to see some different schools in here. I know Notre Dame, we always see, you know, Enrique made that run and all the stuff that she's done. <laughs> I'm going to think I'm going to go with NC State. Okay. All right. I like that. I mean, it's another random question, but if there's a if there's a coach like left in the tournament right now that you know of that has that that kind of ability to to throw something extremely strange at another team, like that can whip something out uh, from your experience. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is there anyone that you would expect that from? Westmore. Yeah, I think Westmore does that you know we had a chance my first year to go when I was at Vanderbilt play up there mm-hmm. and um, his, his ability to uh, to be able to orchestrate offensively defensively some different things to do um, has been very amazing so I, I think that Westmore uh, would probably say that about him because he does you know he has obviously Diamond Johnson and in Kunane in the paint and, and other pieces around him he can definitely change up some different things around so I would, I would definitely say that no Stanford, you know what you're getting from Stanford. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, it's, it's the, it is the chin. They're going to chin you to death and, and they're mm-hmm. going to make you pay, right. They're going to play with pace, you know, South Carolina's, you know, athleticism, it is the talent, right. Can they, can they knock down shots, do the things that they need to, right. And then play against another team that can execute as well too, as well. So I think you're looking at it. And then South Dakota comes again. Can they continue, right, to – they know they're going to hit shots. Do they have enough to defend, you know, these teams that they get, you know, later on, can they defend them? They can be – and they're very experienced. So experience can also help as well, too. So I love to see a new team. I think, you know, I think back to this, my freshman, I'm going to get off of this. You know, um, the last mid-major, I think that I can remember in the Final Four, had to be, at the time, Missouri State now, Southeast Missouri okay. State when Jackie Styles played. Yeah. And I think that could have been the last one. And I was a freshman there. I think could be the last bit that I can think of. I could be wrong, but we might need to go back and check that. No, I'm, I'm checking it. I know. I mean, Jack, Jackie was an animal yeah. at, at Southeast Missouri State. Oof. Yeah. Um, I know mm-hmm. what well, we we're running out of time. I'm looking at it. I'm going to look it up while yeah, we're, while we're up. talking. That, that I may have challenged you guys a little bit. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> And I was like, hey, and I was a freshman. I can't remember the last mid-major that was in the Final Four. Uh, oh, God, this is like a whole Matrix thing. Obviously, Louisiana State made it a, a lot. It, it was fun looking back on YouTube, like, finding your game. Of course, it was, like, pieced in, like, part one through part seven. Uh, yeah. But watching the, the championship game against Notre Dame, and, you know, I'm watching, I'm like, how did they lose this game? Uh, and then you just see, like, literally two bounces. Um yeah, and that too. Uh, but it was uh, it was super fun to watch. It's like wow. Also, how far we've come with technology. Goodness. I'll tell you. Like I still have the I still have the cassette, the VCR. Right. I'm trying to find one so I can convert the games. Right. To be able to watch it because I think it's always fun to be able to watch it with your players. You know, and they're like, Coach, yeah, listen, you turned the ball over. And you're not sitting in defending right and all these good things. But you know, listen, that that was an amazing experience for sure. And headband wise, right? Headband, oh yeah. Headband. High socks comes along with that stuff too. So, you know, again, I should have trademarked that because I'm trying to think now. I don't know a lot of people if I play wearing that headband. I need to get them back to that. It's a big deal. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at a thing from across the timeline. Let's see if I can pick this out quickly. Um, it can't be. I can't think of I, it. it. 
it might be it might be that Jackie Styles team because I'm not finding anyone. Because think about else. it, it would be a Louisiana Tech, right? Because Christy Curry was on that last Louisiana Tech team that got to the Final Four that was in San Diego. She then goes over and takes the job at Purdue. That that year before, right? This is the year after they won the championship because that was the year that Purdue won. After that, right? I think you said Power Fives. My freshman year, Jackie Styles. I can't. I, I can't remember. It's uh, two thousand one, and mm-hmm. it's Missouri State. Mm-hmm. If so, if I'm wrong, someone let me know. But I, I'm pretty you're sure you're right. <laughs> I think you should. I think we have confirmed it. I think we've confirmed it. Look, look, look at the encyclopedic knowledge. Yes. <laughs> A college basketball, Can't beat it. A, a historian no. as well as a great coach. Wow. Yeah, I listen. I, I remember that stuff, but it's always kind of it's fun to be able to talk about it and hear somebody else's story. But I love the game, and uh, listen, that was those were great times. So I would love to be able to see Amy Major get back there. I would love to see it. Well, let's hope we got we got South. I mean, I guess Creighton doesn't count, but South Dakota. Yeah. Look at looking forward to it. Yeah. They have it, a chance. It, they have a chance. Yes. They they. they this is what I'm saying. We'll be sitting there tonight, so I definitely will tweet you because it's going to be like, okay, well, we're watching right now, you know, to be able to see this. But, guys, this was amazing. I, I appreciate you taking the time and, and being able to spotlight, you know, us. I think that that is huge, and I appreciate all you guys are doing. It's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Coach. We, we appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll do it in person sometime. Absolutely. You know, hey, listen, you know how to reach out to me. You got my number. Absolutely. Please. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks, Coach. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.